0: Leather daddyed out tonight
1: what what does that mean and,
0: uh you know I'm wearing fucking leather pants leather underpants oh. I've got
2: uh you got some business to yeah, take care of after I the show yeah you
0: know, I'm wearing that that um cod piece that was in seven, I'm gonna have myself right. a little a little time you know
1: I guess you're you're the gimp tonight huh?
0: yeah oh baby, am I ever the gimp tonight <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> dude i am gonna fuck shit up because i'm pablo morale martinez
1: and i'm ernesto mancebo together we are the robots versus texas program on radio free brooklyn that's th- that's what you listeners were not expecting on noon at noon on a monday no. you were not expecting no. that
0: it's just every move i make is just like that weird uncomfortable sound of like rrr, rrr, you know like I, I just what sound the, like a leather couch when you sit on it.
1: <laughs> aren't the ins? Oh God! Aren't the inside of leather pants lined with something to, um, to make it easier to put on and off, or is it just straight leather on the inside? I is...
0: I line mine with um, with Lando Lake's um, butter, and uh, after right, after look, a few right, hours, I, I've got I
1: have to put a I have to put a stop to this because this. This has crossed the line into disgusting. Yeah, the visual, the potential smell—it um,
0: smells like a like a butterball ham.
1: I'm sure it's delicious, but still, I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that thought in my head.
0: Oh mercy! Um, so <laughs> we're continuing our long-running segment of pitting two movies against each other and for october we're doing left turns <laughs> <laughs> that's so cheap uh <laughs> but first i want to give a shout out to um a little uh, a little charity uh a friend of mine um named margarita sintron is doing a dry well she's she's um She's doing a donors choose for uh, for her class in the Bronx, trying to raise money so that her class in the Bronx can uh, distribute iPads to the kids who are from low-income backgrounds and who direly need this technology in order to attend not only attend class but also to do their assignments and you know. Um, Just all in all, like, uh, yeah, (laughs) I'm fucking this up already. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, if you can go down to the RVT page on Instagram and on Facebook, we'll be posting all the information to where to donate to that charity and, uh, any, and you can, you can donate anything from a dollar to however much you want to spare and uh, yeah if you could do that that would be great so nice yeah. nice
1: yes folks uh help out a worthy cause um i would also like to give a shout out to one of the uh founders directors of our very own radio free brooklyn uh tom tenney um who in collaboration with a friend of his uh, by the name of the by the name of phil Bueller, uh they uh, have uh, spearheaded an installation in Bushwick, Brooklyn, called "Wall of Lies," and it is a it is a mural uh, with essentially the t- uh, twenty thousand plus lies that uh, Donald Trump has spouted over the last uh, three to four years uh, while in office. And uh, this past weekend, they actually interviewed uh, New York's very own why, why do I keep forgetting everybody's name? Senator Chuck Schumer. Um, they spoke to him about you know the what's going on in, 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 uh, in uh, the world of politics, as well as uh, spearheading a voter registration drive, which happened this past weekend. So uh, Radio Free Brooklyn doing its part to help New York and the country. Uh, get back on track if you happen to find yourself in bushwick brooklyn um please uh go by the wall take a look at it take a picture post it to instagram and um just spread awareness
0: all right dupe so um where to begin Where to begin? Which one should we
1: tackle first? Because (laughs) this this pairing of movies was excellent. I gotta tell you, like I, like, first of all, I gotta let the audience know. I'm if you're a fan of the show, you've probably heard, uh, um, Pablo berate me several times by since I haven't watched Parasite (laughs) at the height of its popularity. But um, I finally watched Parasite. I gotta say, fucking fantastic film.
0: All right. I'm I'm glad you liked it, man. Because I, this is one of those movies that come that one of those rare movies that comes along, and it wins an Oscar. But it, it's one of those movies where I don't expect it to win an Oscar. So I I I fucking love this movie. I feel like yeah, I I feel like I've been kissing its ass this whole time just now. But it really deserves it. <laughs> it really does deserve the ass kissing.
1: Straight up tossing salad yeah, right man. there. Oh, buddy. Yeah. so Hell yeah. So. You know how but, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing my own cups to your place. <laughs> um, so uh, this this movie starts out uh, focused on a family who is completely down on their luck. Everybody's unemployed. It's a, a mother and father with two grown children. And... uh they're just trying to do their best to make it they live in a rundown shoddy basement um with the most uh oddly laid out bathroom i think i have ever seen they literally have like pretty much a throne for a toilet it's up on a pedestal
0: it's odd right it's really odd (laughs) Um by the way that family is the Kim family. I love that their names are the Kims and the Parks. I feel like those are names that uh, in South Korea are kind of like the Smiths and the Johnsons. Uh they are. Yeah. They are. And and that's um, that kind of developed a whole layer of like this movie is kind of a fable. Like it, it's it's uh it's between two families whose name recognition like anyone would be able to get, right? mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm
1: yeah totally so totally yeah so the kim family you know just doing the best they can i i really empathize with their search for wi-fi within the house like the neighbor that they were uh sort of uh, leeching wi-fi off of um uh, finally put a password on their uh, router that was sad And and they're like damn we can't we can't see whatsapp now you know so uh so they found in one little corner of the bathroom uh, access to Wi-Fi from probably a nearby coffee shop or something like that so uh, and thus began the uh, the uh, the trajectory of the film uh, for the search for employment uh, the the young man of the family um, has a friend who is a um, who is a English tutor for a very, very well-to-do family in South Korea, and he is about to study abroad. So he uh, wanted to pass down this job to his friend, um, the, uh, one of the, I'm going to call him one of the protagonists of the film, uh, even though he has very questionable uh motives and actions throughout Ooh, the teenage son uh,
0: who's uh oh I'm, i mean yeah. the son in his 20s who's, his name is Kiwoo, i think um, kiwu yeah
1: yeah yes kiwu um but once he once he got his foot in the door with this very rich family thus began the grifting of uh of bringing in the rest of his family i mean he his his grifting was actually somewhat innocent he um he sort of like padded his resume a bit Uh, in order to uh, make himself more appealing he had the skill set to do the job Um, just sort of you know padded it a little bit which I definitely want to speak on more later because it is it's definitely a commentary uh, toward the job market and the disparity between those who have had access to certain institutions and those who don't. Um, so anyway, the grifting starts, and each grift is, like, more creative than the last. I mean, he gets his sister um, a job as a babysitter for the uh, for the infant boy who lives with this very well-to-do family uh, who seems eccentric, uh, creative, but very eccentric. And I think the part that really got me about her, um, especially at the beginning, she when she got the job, she's just like, I just... Um, I just Googled art therapy uh, online <laughs> and then then the rest I just ad libbed, you know, but she pulled it off mwah, beautifully.
0: I I kind of love uh, how it's snowball like the their the way that they merge themselves the, how the Kims merge themselves with the parks. Uh, by mm. the way, spoilers abound. Of, uh, obviously in this in this uh in this program but uh yeah wh- how they merge themselves kind of uh or and integrate themselves into the park family is yeah it's it, it it gets create like wilder and wilder as it moves along right it's I, and i kind of love that where it's like you know the sun uh, 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 sorry, Kiwoo. He pads his resume. The daughter, uh, Ki Jung, she all she invents, like she she photoshops the shit out of a like a college degree from the United States and lies nope. about <laughs> being from Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> And and then like they have that wonderful moment when they're just standing outside, uh they're about to she's about to go into her interview with the Park family uh for the art therapy position and they do that little song. Like they do that little song where it's yes. just like
1: <laughs> They're like it puts its lotion on yeah. its skin. <laughs> where it's like, Or else it gets the...
0: <laughs> My name is Susan. I know so and so from chicago he's my cousin you know um <laughs> <laughs> so weird uh but I, but um uh, beautiful and i i kind of love the when they go into this house it's like lush uh, you're taken away from the industrial depression of the you know of poverty in South Korea where everyone lives in a uh, where everybody either lives in a cramped apartment and they're just struggling to get by and they have drunks peeing in front of their house and taken into this like beautiful uh, like evergreen garden and this modern spacious house Mm. and it's it's it, it really like uh the 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 difference the disparity between uh like you said the disparity between poverty and those who are well to do is like a vast gulf it's an ocean it's an uh, it's an ocean that seems like where the walls seem insurmountable because it the house itself is like a fortress right mm-hmm. it's like you, like from the outside all you can see are the walls Right. And then you have to be like invited in and have like a certain kind of, you know, password, which is like uh to know American things. Yes. To be invited in.
1: Hmm. Good point. Good point. Um that was really uh with every with every subsequent grift, it was just like, oh, I know so and so who um had this point of distinction which was usually connected to something western. Yeah. Um yeah, it was uh uh I think th- I mean there was definitely placed there purposefully, but um once they're all in there, uh I mean first of all, their <laughs> their ability to work together so smoothly, I mean to come up with these schemes like and integrate them into each other almost seamlessly tells you that this family is used to doing this sort of thing. Like these kids were raised to do this because they had no compunction whatsoever about pulling this off. There wasn't like a second of hesitation.
0: (laughs) No, because it's, it's like, you know, um, I, I can only speak to, to uh, the way it spoke to me and my background where it's just like, you know, I came from a family of hard workers and, people who were uh, like just uh, people who are just like I'm going to take you know I'm going to take some hard jobs and you know build ourselves from the ground up and I feel like we we are we developed a kind of tight knit family unit it's something that I feel like people who are from the lower middle class uh the disappearing lower middle class uh they develop that over the course of time because it's like something that, you know, you realize that you're just like, well, we have to get out from under. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, that, that part was very believable with regards to like, uh, like how tight knit they were, how they all seemed to be like, you know, dad, you're going to do this. And mom, you're going to do this. You know, it felt like a little bit like mission impossible. (laughs) the way they they were working things out, especially with how they got rid of the, 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 the maid slash caretaker. She was basically, yeah. Um, where they kind of, I, I don't know. There were, there were parts of what they were doing that I felt like reflected with my own family and how like tightly knit we are sometimes. Uh, so I'm getting a little concerned. I'm getting a
1: little concerned. I have to say, <laughs>
0: there's there's nothing we can't achieve once we put our minds to it. Is what I'm saying. Um, yeah,
1: the Mart the Martinez clan slowly <laughs> slowly taking over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they they essentially got rid of the maid housekeeper by poisoning her with peach fuzz. <laughs> 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 to which she was like gravely <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> allergic to. But then they
0: convinced they convinced the 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 Parks that she had tuberculosis, and which led to one of my favorite scenes, where uh, you know uh, they're just like, "Oh, she's suffering from tuberculosis." You'll notice if she's leaving around bloody rags, and then. You know they get uh they get the father to like go and 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 uh basically go to the waste paper basket in front of the 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 park one of, one of uh in front of the parks in front of one of the parks I think it was the mom mm-hmm. and pour uh tabasco sauce. Over like <laughs> over a tissue and then take it up and reveal it. And his face when he reveals the uh, the quote unquote bloody rag is so amazing because he's just like,
1: <laughs> you know, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, geez, man. And the, it was I found it really sad when uh, they let her go. It's like, you know, just pack your shit get out um and it's just she'd been with this family for years she helped to raise you know that kid and she just sort of got uh hustled out uh, but then the family was you know they had taken over the house they had created this ideal situation this smooth running machine and then the parks decide to go on a camping trip leaving behind all of the Kim's in the house and this is when they sort of like take stock of where they are. They're like, look, it's like only like a month or so ago we were, you know, scraping along in a basement with a with a toilet by the window. And look at us now, you know, drinking the finest of whiskeys.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, now that you bring back and bring that toilet up, I can't help because I feel like this movie is it both makes fun of metaphors and, and also embraces metaphors because remember um when uh when Kiwoo's uh friend Min gives him that rock mm-hmm. and then he's like and then he's like oh thank you so much it's like this i forget what it was called it's like a, a rock that's supposed to symbolize riches or something
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and he brings it home and then there's and then the father's like i don't i don't get it and then the the son kiwoo is like it's metaphorical <laughs> and i'm just like oh i get it I, I i think that this movie's playing fast and loose with like what's a metaphor what's this is that, it doesn't really have any meaning <laughs> and I I'm starting to think that that toilet has meaning because I'm like at, at some point I feel like the 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 Kims are all trying to stay above being the shit of society mm. and then when everything kind of blows up in their face and their neighborhood is flooded later in the movie yeah the, like the shit is just like bursting out of that <laughs> toilet it, and um and they they can't they can no longer contain it anymore because it feels like the the shit is like the shit is like a sl- uh, uh, uh uh like uh a monster in a slasher movie it's constantly bu- uh, one step behind them and <laughs> and then it finally when it hits it it like takes no prisoners you know uh yeah. The reason why I picked these two movies was because both of them had some serious left turns.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, the twist was uh, definitely definitely a little shocking. I mean, the the pre sort of like the preamble to it uh, when the old housekeeper showed up after the Kims went on their camping trip and she was sort of outside. I was just like, oh, no, she's had an emotional breakdown and she's going back to the last place of her identity and comfort. You know, like, so my heart really went out to her. I was just like, oh, man. But I was also, funnily enough, um, putting myself in the shoes of the Kims. Like, well, what would you do? You know, you're, first of all, you've kind of made a little bit of a mess of the living room uh, with the, this drunk family time that you're having, and now the old housekeeper shows up, would I have let her in? I don't think I would have. Um whoa, but,
0: whoa. but
1: but we're also talking about, well, we're also because I mean we're also talking about different cultural norms here. Like right, right, right. if 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 I'm left if I'm left in charge of somebody's estate while they're gone, um having a former employee come onto the premises to me raises like a serious possible red flag in regards to the safety of my employment you know i'd have to i would empathize don't get me wrong but i'd be like listen the kims aren't here i can't really you know uh let you in maybe i'd offer to go look for them at at most but i don't think i would have let them in um this is just off the top of my head but anyway that preamble was uh was like really sad to me at first but then when they let her in um and it's quickly sort of spiraled into this next level thing (laughs) Where there's another compartment in the house, this basement, basically a fallout shelter, and there was this whole other life that the former housekeeper had under the house. I was like, "Oh shit, man! Right? This is so wild."
0: Yeah, right. I remember uh, I, uh, me and Sabrina. We we were just like, "Let's go out." I, I, I'm, I'm you know we're having a date night, and we're just like, "Let's go out." And I have I have heard of this movie called. Uh you know I've heard of this movie called Parasite. Uh it looks interesting. I have no idea what it's about. And she's like, "Sure, let's do it." So, you know, she indulges me in my my, you know, my, some of the some of the wilder movie choices that I've decided to take her
1: on. <laughs> uh, you, hey, you you on your first date, you literally had her see a movie where a puppy got shot. So,
0: yeah, oddly
1: ironically you, you enough, owe her. You owe her. oh no
0: actually i'm just like i'm wrong about that um yeah i took her to see sympathy for lady vengeance uh speaking of which sympathy for mr vengeance has the same uh has the same actor in it as in parasite uh i think his name is hold on it's um kang ho song he was the father of the little girl that got killed in that movie oh yeah um but anyway, I digress. Uh but with when when we both went to see that movie at the uh at uh, the Alamo Draft House, uh we were kind of like, "Wait, what? What is happening?" I I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was just like, "Wait, wait, where is this movie going?" And that's kind of what I think is so amazing about um especially foreign movies where they take risks that American movies normally wouldn't take unless they're, it's like a heavily independent film. Uh, Mm. But the whole time I was just like, okay, where's this movie going? Where's this movie going? Oh my God. What, who is this guy? Who is this weirdo (laughs) living underneath the house? Like it just became another movie. Uh, and yes, (laughs)
1: yes, it certainly did. (laughs)
0: Like now it, now it it was like kind of like a comedy about these two, uh, like uh, the poor family and the rich family. And I'm just like, w- who's the parasite really? Who's the parasite? And then it becomes <laughs> like this, this mystery that devolves into murder. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so I was very pleasantly surprised with that choice with that with that sudden change and yeah i i I don't know uh i i love the guy that lived underneath there he was like this salesman like no he was a he was a a former baker i think he ran his Mm -hmm. own bakery Mm -hmm. and he was running away from debt collectors so much so that he took refuge in the bomb shelter of, yeah, they'd, this, they'd of this they'd place, go, they'd gone to
1: loan sharks.
0: Yeah, and and I'm just like, wow, that's that's for one. That's that that speaks again to the to the to the uh, class divide between mm-hmm. the parks and in every like between the rich and everyone else. Where it's just like people have to run away and like hide in bunkers to hide from their debts and the things that they have to do to struggle just to stay above ground and mm-hmm. the parks are just like uh you know uh we're just gonna racially appropriate uh, some uh native american stuff for a party <laughs> and we're gonna have chairs and hors d'oeuvres and they don't give two shits about what happens to underneath the, the the underneath the ground they walk on right
1: true true but just just to play devil's advocate for a second here um the parks were definitely aloof and sort of didn't uh care about uh, other segments of society it's true and you could tell in the way that they spoke their naivete um i am deadly serious they-
0: remember when the, when the wife is like
1: yes <laughs> i am deadly serious <laughs> they they had you know they had this sort of Uh, oddity about them that was afforded to them, um, by their privilege. But at the same time, um, they, as far as we knew, they didn't come about their success by ill gotten gains per se. Um, the father, you know, seemed to work at some big firm. If it, if it wasn't something that he owned himself, um, had a lot of money. The mother, sort of, she was a she was a housewife who you know took took care of business at home with her with her daughter and her a
0: former um, Olympic hopeful too.
1: Uh, oh, former Olympic. There you go. Yeah. Um, and um, so while I think it brilliantly sort of illustrated how even though the uh, the, the parks were not evil in and of themselves, at least overtly. Um it's not like they were uh mining diamonds out of Africa and that whole and that whole thing. They were you know they they had worked for their success. At the same time, I think it illustrated that the class divide, even when you're not actively uh exploiting uh a particularly vulnerable group, you were also not innocent uh, because they were, they so easily, these people who had worked for them for years, the driver who it seemed they had a great relationship with the, um, the housekeeper mm-hmm. who was there with them since the former owner uh, moved out. Um, they so easily, let go of them you know i mean there's something to be said i mean they were employees or whatever but it was so easily it's like they didn't for a second even really consider uh the years of work that they put in or the content of their characters i mean because before those incidents they were essentially flawless and it was one one little thing and it's just like you're out on the street yeah
0: uh, yeah, I, I think that like I feel like I, I I I I misspoke before when I was just like you know the parks this the parks that because it makes it sound like the parks are the the main antagonists of this movie and I don't actually don't think that the parks are the main antagonists of the movie. Do they do fucked up things? Yeah, but um, they don't. I don't, I don't think they're actively trying to work against the Kims uh, mm. or anyone else. I think that the true Uh, villain of this movie the true parasite is of this late stage market capitalism that Mm. uh that basically creates a situation where people have to go to extremes just to uh just to survive in this world It, it basically enslaves the poor into like this box that they can't seem to get out of like think about the 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 kims for a second right um the mother is an olympic hopeful the father is a a a person who has aspirations to become a baker right Mm -hmm. um which i i I thought that there was definitely the similarity between him and the the uh the guy that was in the, the the bunker right yeah. <laughs> uh, where, you know, he has the, all, the, both the, 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 the parents of the Kims both have these aspirations to become something greater and they, they can't because the gulf of, of class, of being upper, uh, upper, upper class is so mm-hmm. wide that to get out of where they are isn't, is impossible, you know?
1: Um, The majority of their efforts just go into surviving like they're literally as soon as um, uh, as soon as the father got the driving job, they all went to a buffet and just loaded up on food. They were just like the father was just like, eat your fill. You know, it's like this is um,
0: this is on behalf of the parks.
1: Yeah, it was just like it, it was just like, man, that it was they were still in survival mode, even even while climbing up even while making quote unquote strides you know it was it was it it, it was such a it was such an un- unapologetic uh view of how capitalism is corrosive and dare i say parasitic mm. uh to any to any country that calls itself a society if you were if you were to transplant those situations and put them in America, right? And the Parks were a white family, and the Kims were a black family.
0: Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. That's immediately Uh, what I thought of.
1: You know, it's like automatically all these uh, social filters that Americans are, you know, raised with would be cast onto the film. It's just like, well, of course, those people would do that. Of course, this and that would happen. But when you see that this is not a purely american phenomenon it's a worldwide thing uh suddenly we can look at the the lens of the of of this like wealth disparity without uh, we can at least temporarily remove our american sensibilities and really really take a look at it i think that's one of the reasons why people love this film especially here in the west that this korean film right. you know they didn't it's like subtitled you know it's like they it still surpassed all of that and spoke to the audience that's that's one of the things that makes it so brilliant
0: yeah and 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 the fact that like it it boils to a head where like like the the class disparity is so it it, it enrages people so much so that you know, that's when you got to like smash somebody's head in with a rock and then go on a stabbing spree, you know, <laughs> uh, because you, you can't because it, it, people, uh, you know, you can you can ignore the problems of of poverty and class. But eventually. The 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 pot bubbles over, you know, and mm-hmm. then shit just goes crazy and then. Even in the end, it's like, oh, the poor, the poor Kims are painted as the antagonists of the of the story, despite the fact that it's like, you know, it's it's the the slights that push uh, the patriarch of the Kims, the father of the Kims to to lose his shit because he's just like I'm so sick and tired of being treated like a like a piece of shit and being told that I stink and then you know um and that for for our for our world and our people to like for uh, people like us to be stepped on constantly and just like lose their minds you know uh mm-hmm. and and then he ends up in the exact same place as the other guy you know yeah and it's just like that's inherited an, an inheritance of of this of this uh, uh lot in life that you can't get out of so mm. Mm. so, it's, mu- so uh, much subtext in this movie that i love i i just love this movie i love it so much so let's talk about some moita okay let's, <laughs> t- let's, talk about, let's talk about m- audition <laughs>
1: God damn this movie. <laughs> Takashi Mike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Takashi Mike. <laughs> he dude
0: makes a hundred and fifty movies. No signs <laughs> of stopping. Um He's like, I'm just gonna pump out, you know. Uh, a, a slow burn thriller and then I'm going to make a family movie and then I'm going to make a sex craze, weird, fucked up, you know, Yakuza movie, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so wild, man. So wild. Oh
1: man. Um, Audition, uh, it came out in 1999 by the aforementioned Takashi Miike. Um, whoo. First of all, it started with the thing. One of the things that I hate the most uh in movies in order to get you emotionally hooked it's just like or it's like all right film opens we're gonna murder somebody (laughs) tragically with with by shattering a family
0: like remember the opening to guardians of the galaxy how about that but more (laughs) spare you know (laughs) and no me almost no music
1: (laughs) oh man and at the end, we'll have the boy walk in and say something that's just going to rip your heart out and I put it on the floor. I made for
0: my mama, you know. He's <laughs> got like, like that weird diaphragm, like that, that weird, like diorama, diaphragm. <laughs> you see where my mind is at. Uh, I'm jumping hey, ahead. T-
1: <laughs> Takashi, that was probably Takashi Miike's first idea. So it's like, what if we just have him holding a diaphragm, a human <laughs> diaphragm, you know. It's like no, let's let's ease up on that, Takashi. You know, <laughs> let's save that for later in the movie. It's
0: like great, I can't wait to blow my wad. You know, just, uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, but yeah, and then fast forward seven years, uh, they they've grown to be you know their own little family. This this father son unit who you know are just getting along in life. The father is doing is doing well for, the, for himself he started his own company um filmmaking is, business
0: right he's involved in the filmmaking japanese filmmaking industry yeah,
1: yeah yeah um he he is you know he's getting along but one thing is missing from his life a companionship you know um so his crazy friend <laughs> is just like hey why don't we hold an audition and uh you can find a nice girl there. It's just, And the guy's just like, but why would the lead actress of this film want to go out with me? He's just like, no, no, no. Not the lead actress. Of course she wouldn't want to go out with you. But the ones who we reject, they're already in a place of vulnerability. So that's your in, man. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it that way. You
0: know, you know the way that uh Parasite talks about class. This movie talks about patriarchy, right?
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, yo, this situation, it it's it, because it's it kind of starts off like this weird kind of romantic comedy <laughs> like it, it's played up where it's just like, "Hey, let's hold an audition, you know, for prospective mates." And it's like, you know, let's audition a bunch of ladies and and it's just like Going through women, just like fucking, you know, baseball cards. It's just like bam, boom, 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 boom. I
1: I loved that sequence, by the way. Yeah. The of the actual auditions, like all those different actresses, I got. I I tip my hat to them, even though they ha- they each had maybe five to ten seconds on screen. They nailed each each like the variety of women were just like oh, like it. It actually. Ooh. I don't mean to go so deep into audition before like we get into the real meat and potatoes thing. But if this movie is to patriarchy the way Parasite is to classism, then that sequence did a great job of actually showing that women are human. You know, because because while the men were talking about, oh, she's got to be this, she's got to be that. Uh, very Like a handful of things, like she's got to be refined, she's got to be beautiful, she's got, because the women now are just terrible, even though they looked over to another table of women in the bar that they were in, and they were just laughing loudly, and somehow it was just like, they, had, they gave this feeling like, oh, those are nasty women. Those are wild
0: you know? women, man. <laughs> Japan is over. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, how, uh, again, it transpo- those themes transpose perfectly to like american society where it's just like uh you know you you know a bunch of bros are at a bar and they're just like see a bunch of girls laughing they're just like a bunch of sluts you know yeah uh, you know being all toxic and shit so um i was just like whoa this movie is so critical about men that it literally takes them apart so (laughs) 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 like the specter of his wife is always kind of like and that was a part of the creepy atmosphere of the movie, where it felt mm-hmm. like his wife was kind of like silently judging him from <laughs> from inside those dream sequences. Remember, they have that dream sequence where she's behind the tree and she's like, yeah. "I know what you're doing, motherfucker." And then she. Goes, oh. <laughs> I'm amazed they got Ving Rhames to 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 voice her in the uh, in the dream sequences.
1: <laughs> it was a it was a very uh takashi Mike kind of move it's know, just exactly. like uh ah, you're expecting a japanese voice nah son yeah.
0: <laughs> get me ving rames
1: <laughs> <laughs> ving rames is like takashi Mike, hell yeah you know
0: <laughs>
2: oh
1: man so
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so get to me Ving rames <laughs> oh i love that i love that
0: um, oh man I love I love me gay uh, but uh, so so basically all that happened like basically uh, she shows up she nails the audition um, she nails the audition god love, listen to me already fucking.
1: So, I think you're getting sucked in buddy yeah, no, <laughs> you, be- you better watch out <laughs> look if you ever have another audition you have me there so I can you know th- splash some water in your face yeah <laughs>
0: i love that moment it's so fucked up when uh when uh uh they're auditioning one lady and she's there's just like have you ever been involved in like the sex industry she's like yeah i shot some scenes for porn a while back and he's like you know what i'm gonna save your information for later and then <laughs> he's just like motherfucker.
1: he was just like i have her in mind for another role <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The role of these yeah. nuts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were totally unapologetic about their, uh, um, about basically making these women into pieces of meat. It's just like you know, especially as you highlighted before, when the the age appropriate woman was there, and literally they asked her nothing.
0: Yeah, so. they, they, it was silence between, and I, I, lo- I love that. It's just like that. That's that's such a, uh, a an edgy critique of like th- the whole like. Male-dominated, uh, like this, especially in Hollywood or in the film industry, where it's just like they—they're like we have all the power, you know, and this and that, and like during the age of Me Too, it's like all the, you know, all the Harvey Weinstein's get pulled into the into the spotlight. So, um, mm. so mm. yeah, it, it really, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I to interrupt, but I, I was just saying that this movie really brilliantly played with uh, our emotions in regards to how you empathize with characters, because I found myself for most of the film uh, empathizing with Oyama. It seemed like he was just this, you know, this guy doing his best in life, not really hurting anybody, raising his son appropriately. Seemed like a, he seemed like a good father. Um, But then they dropped these subtle hints throughout the movie that uh, while you can appear good, um, it does not make you exempt from that patriarchal uh, 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 toxicity. Um, for example, at his job, um, there was a point where one of his workers, uh, a woman close to his age, uh, they were both leaving, and she mentioned to him, she said, "You know, I'm I'm getting married this weekend." And he turns to her, and with a little bit of a of a startle, he's just like, "Oh." congratulations i i hope it goes well and you can tell that she's waiting for him to say more but he doesn't and he steps into the elevator and he leaves so the audience is left like well that was awkward what happened there right and (laughs) (laughs) And, and later in the film they interact again she's leaving she's leaving for the day she had said goodbye to her co-workers and she's about to walk out and then she thinks better well she she gives her she gives it a second thought and comes back into his office and says i'm leaving for the day and you know he this is after he is he's established some sort of relationship with asami and he looks at her very like oh you know um have a good weekend whatever and just goes back to his work and she's sort of like left stunned in his doorway and he picks his head back up he's just like was there something else and she's just like no, no, uh, you know, have a good weekend and leaves, you know, still waiting for something else. So at this point, you're basic. you're basically uh, convinced you're just like, all right, something something else yeah, is going something on. Something
0: happened between these two. And then it's revealed like during a weird tour of Oyama's mind. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> where it turns out that they had a like they had like a one night stand. And then he kicked her to the curb and never mentioned anything again and made the relationship between them at the office really weird. So um, it's – yeah, At first glance, Oyama is like this kind of lonely, sad sack dude who's just looking for love. How he's just – he's a toxic dude. He doesn't really know it until it comes and it poisons him. (laughs) <laughs> and, and basically no. you know saws him into pieces so um <laughs> Jesus.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> fuck <Okay. laughs> so like remember what with his with his son and like uh f- and the girl that he's got over it's like the the girl that he, he that his son brings over and she's like mm-hmm. oh I'm sorry I ate your dinner I, can I make food for you and he's like no 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 that's all right and then once she turns around he gives the thumbs up to his son like hey she cooks good job you know it's
1: just like hey son bust them draws yeah. you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying I'm going to walk the dog for two hours okay so. <laughs>
0: You know, play a little game of Johnny Deeper. So. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. But uh, Uh. yeah. And then fucking. All right. So let's cut to the chase. Right. And then finally he comes home and then gets poisoned, has a dream sequence and then awakens to what I can only describe as a living nightmare (laughs) because dude is turned into a fucking pincushion. To the, you know, I, it, this movie made me realize, dude, I hate needles, and this movie exploits <laughs> that 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 small fear uh, to the point where it's ginormous. Where I'm just like, oh god, if she, I can't hear her like do that little sound that she makes, where she's like, kitty, 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 you know. Oh man, <laughs> that
1: was that was amazing. It's like nails that on was... a
0: chalkboard. <laughs>
1: I mean yes, it's it's creepy and horrific as hell, but the her voice was so perfect for that cuz the here's all this horrible shit happening, but the way she does it, it's almost sweet. Yeah. It's uh it's it, the, the 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 juxtaposition of those two things. I was just like, this is this is amazing. This is amazing to watch while while also sort of recoiling from the screen. Um, and her pride in her wire that can cut off any limb. She's just like, this wire can cut through flesh and bone so easily.
0: <laughs> and then you find out about the guy in the bag. Oh,
1: God. Oh, man.
0: I, that's one of those Takashi Mike things where I'm just like, I, I can't, I can't look or I'm going to get sick where she's just like uh, throwing up into a bowl. And then I'm just like, Oh no, 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 no. I You know, I I don't even want to think about it because it's already making my eyes water. I Um, thought
1: of you during that part. I was just like, Pavel's heaving during this part right now. (laughs) And the guy lapped it up like, oh, thank you so much. I have not eaten in two weeks. You know, Um,
0: he's got that one finger. He's got just got that middle finger and like he looks like a monster. Oh, God. Anyway
1: total monster but uh, yeah so this and this the the course of this torture goes over the course of about I would say about 20 minutes like it's very it's very slow and purposeful as she sticks him with needles saws off one foot is about is about to take off the other oh she also puts needles underneath his eyes by the way Um, so I can't imagine what sort of pain that is and then Oyama's son comes home who they had thought he was going to be out for the night at a friend's house, and his son discovers his father in the middle of the living room. You know, um, not quite pulled together, but <laughs> I'm.
0: And uh, I was searching for a joke. You beat me by like <laughs> one second. He's
1: like, D- he's like, Dad, what's going on? And his father's just like, behind you-? you. And she's and she's trying to come at him with this spray that I guess will knock him out or whatever and he gets to the top of the stairs she chases him and it seems like she's about to get the upper hand and she uh, what what happens there is sort, sort of mirrors what happened in parasite somebody getting kicked down the stairs
0: yes I didn't realize that up until I watched the movie. I was just like, oh, shit. It's the second time somebody gets kicked out of the stairs with horrible consequences, you know?
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's basically done for. And the way they, I guess, whew, I guess it was a depiction of uh, several of the vertebrae in her upper back being dislodged because you could see it sort of like moving under the skin. I was just like, oh, this is... This is horrible. This
0: is, this is, <laughs> that's Mike just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: he's like, almost, almost. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so he turns into the He-Man me, and he's like,
2: hey, yeah, yeah. I said, hey. You know. <laughs> Good
1: lord, oh, man. Uh. Mm. So the son manages to call the police to to get an ambulance there. And um, the older Oyama is just on the floor facing what he can only see is the top half of um, Asami. And she starts to and this is the pain of his own mind, I think, sort of projecting onto her. All of the dialogue, the beautiful dialogue that she had said to him to make him fall in love with her. Like I've been waiting for your call. I thought you were never gonna call me. You're so warm and comforting, and this and the other. It's just like this guy is never going to be okay again. I, sort of, sort of like the little boy in Parasite. Like he's the trauma. That's trauma, that's it.
0: Trauma, trauma, you know.
1: He's done. That's all. That's that's all it is for him now.
0: <laughs> I actually think she was she was a lot. Those were her last words. I, th- I don't think he was imagining that. I almost think that she was like a broken robot where she's just like, these are the things that I said to get you here. So you never forget. And then that's basically what he lives with for the rest of his life. <laughs>
1: that's dark yeah that's dark that means he can never date again any the next compliment he gets from a woman he'll you'll just be like oh, oh, oh fuck that the next nike commercial he sees he's just like no
0: no no oh
1: fuck <laughs> oh fuck <laughs>
0: footless <laughs> so um let's pit asami versus the kim family because uh, if if we pit asami versus the park family they'd they'd all be dead in a in a like this, a span of a few days
1: right yeah no and she'd be living in the house uh footloose and fancy free for at least several weeks before <laughs> before the authorities you know the jokes just write themselves yeah, I yeah. Know, right? um, Clatsy, um right <laughs> asami versus the kims um That would be, I feel like that would be a a, a perpetual matchup that would almost have no end because they're both so used to seeing below the surface and really looking at people. Um, I don't think the Kims, I think the Kims would uh, catch on pretty quick that something was wrong with Asami and Asami would be able to tell that the Kims were nothing but grifters and would have nothing but hate for them. Yeah, um, you're right.
0: You're right. Yeah.
1: But but would still find so but would still look for a weak spot, possibly in the younger son. Yeah. Cuz you know, cuz teenage boys, you know, it's kind of easy to right. t- take, take advantage I, I, of them.
0: But I I honestly think that it's a draw, right? It's yeah. a draw.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the first yeah, draw, pretty
0: much. first
1: drawing RVT history, so <laughs>
0: And that's where I think we should cap it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. If you haven't seen either of these movies, uh please do your give yourself a treat and just watch them. They are amazing.
0: Yeah. Make them a Halloween treat.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh-oh, got to get yourself checked out now. So for both of us here, I'm Pablo Morali Martinez.
1: And I'm Ernesto Mancibo.
0: And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program.
1: On Radio Free Brooklyn. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week.
2: You'd be so nice to come home. Be so nice by the fire While the breeze on high Sang a lullaby You'd be all that I could desire Under stars chilled by the winter Under an August moon burning above be so nice you'd be paradise to come home to love. you'd be so nice to come home to you'd be awful nice by the fire while the breeze up on high Sang a lullaby You'd be all That I could desire Under stars Chilled by the winter Under an August moon Burning up there above You'd be so nice Just like paradise To come home to And love. <coughs>